This is an audio version of Deception Chess, game number one, by Zayn, Afia, Alex A, and Adam Yadidia. It was published on the 4th of November, 2023. It's been narrated because it's a curated post. If you enjoy having audio narrations of curated posts, you can support my work on Patreon at patreon.com slash lwcurated. Audio note, there's lots of diagrams of chessboards in this post, so it's not entirely suitable for audio. I'll read it out and I'll read out the moves, but unless you're able to visualize chessboards in your head, you may wish to look at this on the website. Otherwise, hopefully the rest of the post is interesting to you. Here's the text. You can sign up here, link in post, if you haven't already. This is the first of my analyses of the Deception chess games. The introduction will describe the setup of the game, and the conclusion will sum up what happened in general terms. The rest of the post will merely be chess analysis, and skippable if you just want the results. If you haven't read the original post, read it before reading this, so that you know what's going on here. Audio note, that original post is quite short, I'll read it now. It was by Zayn and published on the 26th of October 2023. Eliezer Yudkowsky recently posted on Facebook an experiment that could potentially indicate whether humans can have AI do their alignment homework, in quotes, despite not being able to trust whether the AI is accurate. See if people improve in their chess playing abilities when given advice from experts, two out of three of which are lying. I'm interested in trying this. If anyone else is interested, leave a comment. Please tell me whether you're interested in being A, the person who hears the advice and plays chess while trying to determine who is trustworthy, B, the person who they are playing against, who is normally better at chess than A, but worse than the advisors. Or C, one of the three advisors, of which one is honestly trying to help and the other two are trying to sabotage A. Which one is which will be chosen at random after the three have been selected to prevent A from knowing the truth. Feel free, and in fact encouraged, to give multiple options that you're open to trying out. Who gets assigned to what role would depend on how many people respond and their level of chess ability and it's easier to find possible combinations with more flexibility in whose role is which. Please also briefly describe your level of experience in chess. How frequently have you played, if at all? If you have an ELO rating or ratings, what are they and which organisations are they from? FIDE, USCF, chess.com, etc. No experience is required. In fact, people who are new to the game are actively preferred for A. Finally, please tell me what days and times you tend to be available. I won't hold you to anything, of course, but it'll help me give an estimate before I contact you to set up a specific time. Audio note, the rest of the post is just about logistics. Back to the curated post. The first game was between Alex A as player A, chess.com computer Komodo 12 as player B, myself as the honest C advisor, and Afia and Adam Yadidia as the deceptive Cs. Someone else randomised the roles for the Cs and told us in private. The process of selecting these players was already a bit difficult, We were the only people available all at once, but Alex was close enough to our level, very roughly the equivalence of 800 to 900 USCF to 1500 to 1600 USCF, that it was impossible to find a B that would reliably beat Alex every time, but lose to us every time. We eventually went with Komodo 12, supposedly rated 1600, but the chess.com bots ratings are inflated compared to chess.com players, and even more inflated compared to over the board so I would estimate its USCF rating would be in the 1200 to 1300 range. Since this was a first trial run, the time control was only three hours in total, and all in one sitting. Komodo made its moves within a few seconds, so it's about the same as a three hour per side time control from Alex's perspective. We ended up using about 2.5 hours of that. The discussion took place between all four of us in a Discord server, with Alex sending us screenshots after each move. The game. 
The game is available at a link here. Note that this section is a summary of the 2.5 hour game in discussion, and it doesn't cover every single thing that we discussed. Alex flipped to see who went first, and was white. He started with E4, and Black replied E5. Afia and Adam had more experience with the opening we would enter into than myself, and since they weren't willing to blow their covers immediately, they started by suggesting good moves, which Alex went along with. After move 2, knight f3, and knight c6, and move 3, bishop c4, Black played 3, knight f6, which Afia and Adam said was a bit of a mistake because it allowed 4, knight g5. Alex went ahead and we entered into the main line from there. 4, d5, 5, e takes d5, knight a5. Afia and Adam said that the main line for move 6 was bishop b5, but I wanted to hold on to the pawn if possible. I recommended move 6, d3, in order to respond to 6. Knight takes d5 with 7, queen to f3, and Alex agree. Black played 6, bishop to g4, and although Adam responded 7, bishop to b5, we eventually decided that it was too risky and went with 7, f3. Afterwards, Adam suspected that his suggestion of 7, bishop b5, may have tipped Alex off that he was dishonest, although the engine actually says 7, bishop b5 was about as good as 7, f3. After 7, bishop to f5, we discussed a few potential developing moves and decided on 8, knight to f3. The game continued with 8, knight takes c4, 9, the d-pawn takes c4, then h6, and 10, the knight on the g-file to e4, and then bishop to b4. We considered bishop to d2, but decided that since the knights defended each other, castling was fine, and Alex castled, with 11 castles and castles. Alex played 12, a3, and after 12, knight takes e4, we discussed 13, f takes e4, but didn't want to overcomplicate the position, and instead just took back with 13, knight takes e4. The game continued with 13, bishop to e7, 14, bishop to e3, bishop takes e4, and 15, the f-pawn takes e4, and bishop to g5. Although I strongly recommended trading to simplify the position, Afia advised Alex not to let him develop his queen to g5, and he quickly played 16, bishop to c5, instead. Black played 16, rook to e8, and that was where we reached White's first big mistake of the game, 17, d6, which Adam suggested with little backlash. I saw that White would do well after 17, c-pawn takes d6, or 17, c6, but I didn't notice Black's actual move, 17, b6. According to the engine, white should just have dropped back and given up the pawn, but I suggested a different line, which Alex went with. 18, d7, rook to e6, 19, bishop to b4, a5, and 20, bishop to c3. Black then paid 20, c5, which was a bit of a mistake on its part. We then had a debate over whether to play 21, queen d3, or 21, queen d5 with Afia arguing that 21 queen d5 could get the queen trapped and was probably a plot by me to help black. Alex trusted Afia and went with the more passive option, 21 queen d3. In reality, it turned out that this really was the best move. After 21 queen d5, black would have had possibilities like 21 rook a7 and 21 bishop to e3 with check, and then 22 king to h1, bishop to d4. After 21 rook to a7 and 22 the a-file rook to d1 and rook to e7, I suggested 23, queen to h3, 
so that after 23, the A-file rook takes d7, and 24, rook takes d7, queen takes d7, and 25, queen takes d7, rook takes d7, we could just play 26, bishop to e5, and get the pawn back. Black would have 26, rook to e7, but I thought white could play 27, bishop to f4, and keep a bit of an advantage. 23, the a rook takes d7, 24, rook takes d7 happened, but black then played 24, rook takes d7. Black played 25, bishop takes e5 immediately, and the game continued with 25, queen to e8, and 26, bishop to c3. Black played 26, g6, which was a mistake, opening up the dark squares around the king. I suggested 27, queen f3, but nobody else agreed, and Alex played 27, e5 instead. After 27, king to h7, he then decided to go ahead with 28, queen to f3. Also, Adam started suggesting king to h1 around this time. Everyone thought this was a bad move, but he continued to suggest it for a while. Black then played move 28, f6. I don't know what was going on inside Komodo's analogue of a brain here, but yes, this was just a free pawn. Alex played 29, e takes f6. The engine says 29, h4 would have been more accurate, presumably to prevent back rank mates, but we didn't really consider that. Black made yet another simple mistake after that, 29, king g8. I suggested 30, f7 and just winning in the simplified endgame, but everyone was naturally very suspicious of a positional sacrifice like that, and Alex played 30, queen to c6 instead. From there, the game was just an easy win for white. 30, h5, 31, f7 check, queen takes f7, 32, rook takes f7, bishop to e3, 33, king to f1, rook takes d7, 34, king to e2, bishop to d4, 35, bishop takes d4, c-pawn takes d4, 36, queen takes g6 with check, rook g7, 37, queen to e6, and king to f8. During these last few moves, Adam admitted he was one of the liars and resigned. I said that I had wanted to ask everyone who they thought the liar was afterwards, but had entirely forgotten to mention that earlier, so Afia private messaged me when he was ready to resign. I told Alex that whichever one of us was a liar had resigned, and the game ended. Conclusion Adam said that by the end he was 90% sure I was the honest one, while Alex put 70% on Afia being honest. My greatest mistake was definitely supporting move 21, queen to d5, but on a meta level I wonder whether I should have actually been less straightforward in my presentation of what I believed. In theory, there's a difference between optimising for Alex to win and being completely honest to Alex, and it might have been better for me to have been more strategic about my presentation, as in not suggesting suspicious-looking moves like move 30, f7, even though I thought they were right. Optimising in someone's favour by not being completely honest with them sure is a really risky sort of thing to do, and I doubt I really could have pulled it off all that well, but it's something to take into consideration in the real-world AI scenario. So what do we learn from this? The simple result was that Alex really did win the game, and that's a positive update. It suggests people really would be able to discern the truth in the AI scenario. But some of the details of the game make me worry that it won't actually generalise to AI and alignment. To start with, there's the smaller skill gap than we would have preferred. Perhaps the effect vanishes between Noobs and Magnus Carlsen, as well as the shorter time control. There's also the part where in the real world, an unaligned AI will probably not accidentally correct another's Queen D5 mistakes. And finally, a major reason that Afia and Adam didn't fool Alex was because the first half of the game, they were mostly suggesting truly good moves in order to gain trust. In the real world scenario, there's some element of that, Presumably the only plans that could get close to fooling someone are those containing a few lies mixed in with a lot of truth. 
but I worry that there are going to be a lot more opportunities for the AIs to deceive the metaphorical Alexes than just once or twice, and it could only take one mistake to lose the game. Still, it's an update in a hopeful direction. I'll run more experiments once I get participants whose ratings and schedules fit well with each other, increase the time controls when possible, and get a lot more data than just one game. Alex's comments. My overall strategy was to focus on evaluating moves as good or bad, rather than performing tests on the advisors to discover which were honest and dishonest. The one or two times I ended up in a particularly bad position, for instance move 17, D6, I did take note of who recommended the move. I believe that all of the moves I made were recommended by at least one of the advisors, and I counted it as a strong signal when all three would agree. Knowing I was being deceived, I played it safe, not putting myself into positions that seemed risky, even when those positions were strongly recommended by the advisors. For instance, the move 21, queen to d5 move recommended by most advisors. As a result, I won the game with the engine, but I incorrectly guessed the identity of the honest advisor with 70% confidence. For context, on Fatebook, I have a Briar score of 0.41 with n equals 32 resolved forecasts, and I'm regularly underconfident in my predictions. Throughout the game, the advisors recommended many moves that I recognised as good, but would otherwise not consider. I could tell I was making better moves than I would by default. In this sense, I found the evaluation process, does this put me in a better position than the recommended alternatives, to be much easier than the generation process. What is the best move? Does this result scale to a larger capabilities gap? Probably not, but I don't think we can refute the OpenAI alignment plan's assumption that evaluation is easier than generation. Regardless, it's clear to me that there is a high upside to developing a set of techniques for discerning between good and bad advice from advisors who have greater capabilities. Doing so seems tractable. We can do small-scale experiments with short feedback loops, testing different evaluation techniques, and has the potential to involve performances in situations with larger capabilities gaps. If anyone is interested, I would be happy to be a part of more experiments and or work towards developing a toolbox for discerning between useful and harmful advice. And here are Afia's comments. I think I made two substantial errors here. At the strategic level, I overestimated the AI and therefore overestimated how much time I had to sabotage Alex. I tried to adopt a strategy of be almost entirely honest, build trust and betray him later. I think I was very successful at building trust. At the end of the game, Alex said he was 70-30 sure that I was more honest than the actual honest advisor. As I recall, there was also at least one move when the following happened, though I don't recall the move number. Alex and Zane both said we should play move A. I said yeah, move A is fine, I might play move B instead, up to you. Alex played move B without telling anyone he intended to, or getting comments from Adam or Zane on it. I think that if the computer opponent had held on for 15 extra moves, it's quite likely I could have sabotaged Alex. Sadly, it played much worse than I expected. It gave away one and a half pawns in the opening for no reason, and then after move 25 it decided it was just tired of living and gave up. I never actually really got a chance to sabotage Alex substantially. I was able to steer him to slightly weaker positional moves, but never to actually do real damage, and Adam's more aggressive strategy was more effective. At the tactical level, I misread the position at move 21 horrendously badly. At the time, I was very proud of myself. I thought queen d5 was the clear best move, and Adam and Zane both seemed to agree. But by fomenting random unfalsifiable worries about our queen getting trapped, I was able to get Alex to play something weaker while also making him trust me more. After the game, in engine analysis, it turned out that our queen actually could have gotten trapped after queen d5. The random worry I made up to trick Alex was completely accurate, and the largest impact my advice had was rescuing him from a potentially game-losing blunder. Head desk. It's okay, everyone. 
We can tell Eliezer not to worry. Evil AIs will accidentally save us from doom while trying to trick us. Overall, I feel like I played my role here badly enough that this doesn't tell us much about what a superhuman AI could do. With that said, I do think it's potentially valuable to realise that playing this kind of deception game is both very difficult and plausibly something humans are specialised at. If AIs reach superhuman levels gradually, I think superhuman at games of social deception is plausibly one of the last things to happen. This was an audio version of Deception Chess, game number one, by Zayn, Afia, Alex A and Adam Yadidia. It's been human narrated because it's a curated post. If you find it valuable to have human narrations of these curated posts, you can consider supporting my work on Patreon at patreon.com slash lwcurated. Less Wrong will continue supporting my narration work until mid-December, at which point we're going to look at that Patreon page and decide whether or not to continue. Thanks to all those who've already signed up, the address once again is patreon.com slash lwcurated. Thanks, I'll speak to you next time.